0: And welcome back to the Canadian Ruck. It's going to be a great pod this time, uh, as always. Um, this time we have actually another local legend installment. We have Katie and Chelsea of the St. John Irish. This is exciting. These two are, these two are quite the pair. Uh, very funny, very engaging and knowledgeable. It's, it was a great conversation with these two. We're going to be talking local game and the national women's game uh, with these two ladies today. And they've got some great ideas. Uh, from these two great rugby ladies uh, class acts all the way, very fun. I hope you enjoy it today as much as I did uh, chatting with these two. As always, if you need to contact us, we're on Twitter at Canadian rock Instagram the underscore underscore rock oh, that was off. that was bad. The underscore Canadian underscore rock Facebook at the Canadian Rock and email is the Canadian Ruck at gmail.com Make sure you can watch, listen, follow and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and castbox. This one is not going to be on YouTube. Uh, the girls promised uh, a while back that they would be on this as long as there was no video, and uh, I'm I'm holding true to their wishes. So on tap today, uh, for me, it's been great. It's been a pleasure chatting with some internationally known players: the DTHs, the Tyler Ardron, the Al Sharans, the Gareth Reese, the Heather Moyse. Um it, It's been an absolute honor and privilege and you know we've had a couple of All Blacks there are New Zealand players on uh, Sam Kane and Lachlan Bozier. and you know coming up soon I'm going to have a, a couple All Blacks and Damian McKenzie and Anton Leonard Brown on so it's really humbling for me personally to get a chance to chat with these true rugby icons of the world and even more so just to just to hear their story and their thoughts about rugby and how they get to where they are uh, it's it's really, really been an amazing journey, and I appreciate all of you that have been following along and getting a chance to share in these stories. But personally, um, it's been just as much a pleasure chatting with the local legends uh, as a p- podcast a couple ago where I was chatting with some old rugby buddies from Belisle, and my goal is to try and tap into uh, most of the New Brunswick teams, if not all of them, and maybe reach out to Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI and chat with some of the locals there. For me, it's been it's been really cool chatting rugby with, with anybody, but speaking with the locals, uh, the, those that truly know the game in New Brunswick, it's been really, really awesome and eye-opening, and uh, I, I just really think it's been pretty cool and special. Uh, and that goes without saying that these two girls that are going to be on today, these women, Chelsea and Katie, they're extremely knowledgeable with the women's game and rugby in general. Both of them are very fun and engaging, and it's been a, it's been a long process to try and get these two on. We were supposed to meet back in February, but you know issues with childcare and babies came up, and then from there the COVID happened, and everything just kind of got getting pushed off. Uh, so we ended up doing a a video call, uh, which sucks because uh, the three of us, when we get together, we enjoy having a cold beer or two. And uh, we didn't get to actually do that this time. But Katie and Chelsea, they offer so much to the women's game in New Brunswick uh, in the St. John area. Very passionate women about the game and the growth of the game, as evidenced by the rookie rugby program, which they talk about, and some of the service attributes that uh, the St. John Irish do. And I think you'll be pretty impressed with what these ladies and their team bring to the table with regards to rugby in New Brunswick. So stay tuned. all right, welcome back to the Canadian Ruck. Uh, we have Chelsea and Katie on with us. They're uh, both prominent members of the St. John Irish uh, Ladies program, and they're here to talk to us today about the women's game uh, in St. John and New Brunswick in particular, and some, I guess, ideology on Canadian women's teams. So, welcome, Chelsea and Katie. It's nice having you on uh, on the podcast.
1: Well, hey, finally.
0: Finally, yeah we've we've uh, we've had a few uh, cancellations. Um, I think Katie was sick there one night and uh, we just kind of, uh, we've had to reschedule a few times. (laughs) All right. So let's jump right into it here. So talk to us about the Irish. Your team's very inclusive. You're all over social media promoting uh, the community service events you do. Um, You run a stellar rookie rugby program. One of the best that I've seen. Um, Tell us about your, um, tell us about your program. Tell us about the Lady Irish.
1: So I wouldn't even call us the Lady Irish, Jamie. I would just call us the Irish. Fair enough. That's right. Uh, Yeah, so I think that we just come from a place of loving the sport and a lot less political in general. But I think that also that's a strength that comes from being all women. You take a bit of an aspect out of egos and – maybe those old boys who have a history and feel it right to have a say at the table and all that kind of stuff. Luckily, and maybe to our detriment, I have no idea. We, we're not dealing with that. And we're moving forward, trying to uh, be part of the community, but also be a community for one another too. And Chelsea okay. can talk about our rookie rugby program till the cows come home. That's right.
2: Yeah, we started our rookie rugby program back in 2014 um, because we thought it was something lacking in our community, and I had just come back from living in Australia um, where people started playing rugby pretty much in utero, Um, so saw that gap and a need to fill it, um, and have always worked with kids and enjoyed working with kids, so something that um, we enjoyed doing and then saw a need for in our community. and. I've been running with it ever since.
0: Awesome! How many kids did you have last year? Do you think you had you had some good numbers the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, we've been having good numbers. Um, last year we ran a spring and fall program, and I think we had about fifty to sixty kids come out nice. for those programs. Yeah, so it's nice to see that we're being competitive with other sports that are maybe a little bit more. Uh, well known in the community yeah. but starting to make our imprint I think.
0: What uh, What's the breakdown like what are, off top of your head what would be the ratio of boys to girls or girls to boys?
1: Um,
2: I think we're fairly even maybe a little bit more on the boys side um, but we do see pretty good numbers from both that come out to play um, I think it helps that It's being run and coached entirely by women. That's our influence who we reach out to, to recruit as well. That's awesome.
1: I also think there's a long, like, well, current history of uh, just like our club being really women and children and like development oriented.
2: Well, I think that that um, success of the national level is already filtering down into university athletics and more girls are being offered scholarships to go to university to play rugby. Um, and like Katie said, that's sort of our main demographic, late high school, early university. Um, so the more girls that see that pathway, like if I play rugby in university, it can help me get a scholarship. Like it is actually something that's valued um, and something that they're interested in that would just filter into the club rugby that exists as well. Okay.
1: And if you think of Olivia de like people now see her on a TV screen and beside her name, they see NB and it's that sense of pride and, 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 and then you can see yourself there. It's not all Ontario, Ontario, BC, BC, BC. And then they can actually, they can put themselves in that position and be like, I can do that. I can be that person. It's yeah. done. It's already happened.
0: There's that girl from Woodstock NB, or, the, you know, there's Cole Keith from Sussex, New Brunswick. They see these small town New Brunswickers and it gives everybody a chance that I can move forward with this too. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you two think there's a bad rap when it comes to player safety in the female game?
1: I think that girls are treated with such odd caution that I think there was always a bad rap for like any sport that had contacted it. But I mean, with the, the Nova Scotia ban last year, what a headache and I mean that can happen to New Brunswick at any time, probably not this exact moment they're dealing with other stuff, but like that could definitely happen to us too, and concussions are real, they're part of the game, they're part of life unfortunately too, they're part of riding a bike, so you have to weigh your, uh, your risks, and rugby does a fantastic job at teaching how to be a clean player, at least our team does, and others as well um and how to keep you safe and the other players safe and i think there's such a huge respect i feel in the women's uh league like i care about my uh opponents i've been around forever. i know most of them i've played against them many times like i care if they get hurt so i wouldn't want to do anything that would i don't know uh hurt their head for heaven's sakes let's i mean i want to hit them hard i want them to know i'm there and like be like oh i'm not gonna do that again but i would never want to take them out of a game that i love what would be the point
0: everybody has to get up the next day and go to work too right
2: yep or go home take care of their kids
0: yeah absolutely um so you hit a you hit a really good point there that women have often treated with different type of gloves compared to sometime uh, how men are treated in sports, even though I think rugby across the board gets labeled as a violent sport where it's it's not really a violent sport when you compare it to other sports where you have contact, boxing, you know, mixed martial arts, football, hockey. Um, any thoughts on how to overcome that um, that issue where parents don't actually understand the game and the the safety components that, go into the coaching aspect and, you know, world rugby, in in my opinion, does a better job with concussion management than any other sporting program in the world. Um, How do we get, how do we get parents to understand that and allow their kids to play more?
2: I think the younger that people start playing rugby in New Brunswick will make that a lot easier and then they get to see the sport um, from that introductory level and then maybe have a better understanding of actually what is happening out on the field and become educated on the laws of rugby and like how it actually works and see it beyond just the contact, but for all the other skills that are involved. And I think if they can see it from that vantage point as a parent, it's a lot more comfortable to ease into the contact um, than to have a kid who's been playing soccer since he was five, suddenly want to play rugby in grade nine. As a parent, I can understand where that like fear comes in. where the contact is involved. So I think getting people playing younger in New Brunswick and just making it more commonplace would be a step that would help.
0: That's fair. Yeah.
1: Well, I had middle school rugby, but it was taken away because of insurance issues. We'll talk about that later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it is it, yeah. We'll get into the insurance aspect later. I um, where I coach high school uh, every year. There's always a bunch of kids that want to sign up, and their parents won't let them. And I remember a few years ago, one of my uh, one of the guys in grade ten was all excited because his mom, you know, she finally agreed, and uh, he got concussed in hockey. And after the second concussion in hockey, his mom said, Nope, there's no way you're playing rugby. It's not safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, a week later, he's back playing hockey again.
1: I'm like, How does that make any sense? Yeah, the, the whole, see, it's, I, and is it because there's a clear pathway for, for hockey, you know, that people are like, You know, we can, one more concussion on your brain's fine as long as we're on the Sydney Crosby pathway. Like, or as long as I can still culturally be a part of a hockey mom, where there's t-shirts and wine glasses and all that fan money grabbing stuff. There is like, there's a huge culture of certain sports in this part of the world specifically. And no matter how many hits you get in the head, or how much rough housing you see, it will always be allowed.
2: Yeah. yeah, I agree. so when I lived in Australia, like rugby is their culture there. that's their hockey, and kids started playing contact rugby in elementary school, like full yeah. contact, full hitting, and nobody is worried about it. Like they every single kid there plays contact rugby, and it, that stigma just doesn't exist. The stigma still existed for women when I was there, but for children, it was fine. <laughs> I love that.
0: Female children. <laughs>
2: Yep. Yeah. Coed. Um so kids in Australia, when I was there, it's changed a lot because of the Olympics. That's really turned things around. But when I was living there and playing rugby, um kids co ed played up until they were like ten or eleven, and then girls couldn't play anymore. Boys kept playing all the way through, and then um girls didn't have an opportunity to play again until university.
0: So did they go to like netball or soccer? Yeah.
2: Yes. Lots of people played netball.
0: Yeah. Because you wear skirts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's shift gears gears a little bit. I guess um, I shared an article with you. Also, I'm just the article was about a young woman in the UK sp- speaking about recovering from a rugby injury. Uh, in her post, she mentioned how an acquaintance said they would never let their daughter play rugby because of the possibility of injuries. Do the un- uh, uneducated parent. The writer felt she, uh, said she felt pity for their daughter because she would never get to experience rugby. Author highlighted eight reasons why girls should play. So we're just, I'm just going to say, you know, each um, reason. And, you know, you can both answer or you can banter back and forth, go one for one. Um, but I want you to speak to me about each of them. So the eight reasons. Reason one, she will learn the importance of hard work.
1: I got this one. I got this one i'd also like to say say before we start there's such it's a very interesting conversation to say that a girl's worth is diminished when she's injured like there's there's underlying stuff there about females and their physical appearance and injuries and their ability to look a certain way so i i'm feeling that undertone i just wanted to say it out loud From me not from you jamie from the article and in general that's how i feel. okay Okay. what would and number one was you will never learn hard work
0: she will learn the importance of hard work
1: yeah i think it obviously it's hard work on and off the field i mean chelsea and i donate a gazillion amount of hours for free and uh yes uh and we grow a team that's actually quite small we put it I mean, the amount of effort versus like the growth in comparison to like clubs all over the world, we're teeny tiny. Um, So that's the hard work aspect that comes with passion, but also on the field, getting up after you've been knocked down, where like, that's an incredible skill for life. Play for 80 minutes
2: without a break, nonstop, no timeouts, yeah, and let... There's so many different positions on the field, understanding the rules of the game. Yeah, it is the hardest work I've had to put in for every team sport that I've played.
0: How long have you two been playing?
2: I've been playing since second year university. I was a late bloomer, and I was in university in 2005, so 15 years.
1: I've been playing since 2002.
0: Little known fact, I helped coach one of Katie's teams when she was in grade 12
1: grade 12
0: you graduated in 06 yeah 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 that was a that was an eye-opening experience for me that's for
1: sure <laughs> I was crazy in high school yeah,
0: but scared yeah. me, now you scare me now
1: good awesome <laughs> I'm just better at it now <laughs> I actually started to play for the Irish in grade nine okay. so as long as I've been playing rugby I've been playing with the Irish too
0: all right, so uh, reason number two. She will learn how strong and powerful her body is.
1: That's all you, Chelsea. You got it. Um,
2: She will learn how strong and powerful her body is. Yeah. Contact, I guess, is like a different physical experience than anything else. And like we kind of talked about earlier, women aren't given as many opportunities to Experience that in sport, and um, because we are approached with caution, so having rugby definitely taught me the things that my body is capable of, the amount of pain I am able to take and get up from and carry on, and like the power that I have to inflict that same pain um, and strength onto other people in a safe, respectful manner. Um, it's unlike any. Thing else I've ever done. It's very powerful and um, motivating and uplifting. I can't think of words right now, but it just even just talking about it makes me like yes. I can do anything.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. All right. Uh, reason three. She will know that she is capable of anything her male cohorts oh, cohorts can do.
1: We already knew it. We didn't need rugby. Come on now.
0: Hey, this is coming from a female writer.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Not all girls are in tune either though, there, Jamie. Fair enough. However, I, I will comment on it. Uh, I think I think in a lot of places, less in less in Canada, I truly believe this, and this is a, is this from the UK? Yeah. And I find Australia is very similar too, just from the people I've met. Females are still very much seen in a bit of a historical view like the gentle, have to be very careful, da 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 I feel like Canada's past this right now. It's cool to be athletic. It's all right to be – like, it's great to be strong. And I, I feel like that's kind of Western-like notions, and it hasn't really trickled over everywhere.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think you both kind of answered the next one, but it's she will learn how to get back up when she's been knocked down. I think you kind of talked about this in point A. Um, anything you want to add to that, you know, getting back up?
1: I can I have an anecdote. Oh, yes. I would like to be a dynamic, uh, podcaster. So, you know, I came with lots of things to talk about. Uh, so when I was coaching KV high, uh, a year or two ago, we had so many newbies. It was quite a year. And one girl brand new to the sport came off the field and she was shaking Uh, and what's wrong, like, what's happening, like, just trying to do the good coach thing, like, the non-nurse questions, and she said she just, she made a tackle, and her body was convulsing with, like, the electricity and the, like, energy going through her, and she was just so excited, and she didn't know what to do, so she came off the field, but it's just, it's that... (laughs) it's that bit of competency of like getting up after you get hit or make a hit and being competent enough to be, to say, okay, I'm going to do it again. Like anyone can get hit or make a hit, but it's, are you going to do it again? And are you going to yeah. do it well? Or is it going to be a positive tackle? Like, sure. are you going to set them, you know, I don't, this is a G rated podcast? Are you going to set them back? Sorry. Sometimes
0: you know it is. Depends on who's talking.
1: <laughs> oh, Okay. I'm trying to be really good right
0: now. So. <laughs> it, is, it is funny because the girls at our school, um, you know, that play, you know, prep hockey or, you know, varsity basketball, they're pretty good athletes when they sign up for rugby and they'll come off after a game and I'll see them in class the next day. And I said, I saw you. you, you look great. How'd you feel? And they said, contact sports is, is the way to go. They just love, you know, tackling somebody or getting hit and getting back to their feet and, I think speaking from a male's perspective, um, women don't get the chance to do that in sport other than, you know, there's only a few of them. And uh, I I think when they get that aspect of a game, um, they almost instantly fall in love with it because it's something new that they realize I can do this. And, you know, there's a lot of girls on our girls team that could hammer the crap out of the guys in our guys team. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's some strong kids on both sides and,
1: it's even when girls are little, when they're in elementary school, you know, if you see two little girls wrestling or whatever, or that sort of behavior, a teacher is totally totally more likely to go over there and break it out oh my goodness what's happening today? it's just not a part of play even at the youngest years so then they go all this time knowing so little about the competence of their body and being and then they play in high school and they're like this is a release that i've never felt before yeah. and why haven't i had this opportunity until now and hopefully i mean i would like to tackle someone asked me the other day how how early is too early to tackle and i actually don't think there is such a thing but i've also played contact sports my whole life
2: yeah
0: yeah getting the uh, getting the kids introduced earlier and the earlier they start the earlier you can start into contact and teaching those safety those safety habits early so that they're built in naturally when they get older next point she will experience the incredible feelings of being part of a team
1: all right, I'll say this while Chelsea takes a hiatus. Uh, yeah, I, you know, community is so different now. And that sense of community is so different. <laughs> that being part of a team is not as important as it once was, for sure. And I think that we're so digital and Right now we're on a physical social distance, like, but we're, we're just socially more distant than I think years past. And uh, not being number one and, and also depending on your teammates, them depending on you, that's such a skill. And it takes you th- so many places in life. I've moved overseas and lived by myself. And I've, I've found a team. Like that's how I got by yeah, uh, and found that family. So uh, Chelsea, I know you're just joining us yet again. Um, why is a team important, do you think, for girls to experience?
2: Um, I heard the tail bit of your answer, so I'm going to build on that. <laughs> uh, it is, nice. It's it's instant family wherever you go in a way that no other sport has been for me Um when I moved to Australia the first thing I did was find my nearest rugby club and those people became my closest friends the entire time that I lived there and I know that I would always have that no matter where I go that instant family um, and I think it is when you put your body on the line physically and you're trusting everyone around you um, to protect you and to do the same that it just creates that trust and camaraderie in a way that doesn't happen with other sports. Um, And I find too, with rugby, if you don't do your part on the field, it's very noticeable and Mm -hmm. the team feels it significantly. Whereas sometimes in other sports, you can kind of get away with like, just hanging out in the wings and like, maybe not really trying. Um, The game might not be altered greatly, but in rugby, like if one person on the field isn't doing their job. Everybody feels it.
0: I agree hundred percent for sure.
1: And a team can get you a job. Chelsea got me my job currently <laughs> when I moved home. So you got to have team, got to have those connections.
0: So Katie, the three of us are teachers. Katie and Chelsea both teach elementary, but Chelsea's on maternity leave right now uh, and enjoying every minute of, I imagine. And, Chelsea, uh, and Katie and I are actually, um, along with everybody else as teachers, Working from home right now. So uh, it's, been a, it's been an exciting few weeks. How exciting. about?
2: That's the oh, word we use for exciting. it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Super exciting.
0: I've been <laughs> walking more of this, you know, since this has happened.
1: <laughs> so fit. <laughs> no <laughs> rugby. The,
0: the next point is: should we respect others regardless of their decision?
2: Um, I found this one interesting and I don't really understand it without some more context or like maybe some examples. Um, Like that isn't a value that I hold strongly with me when I think about women's rugby. um, That you should respect any decision anybody makes. Um, I think it's more valuable that we challenge each other to be accountable and to always make better decisions the next time around. um, More so than worrying about the respect.
0: No, that's a good point. Um, Respect's very important for sure, but you have to have the ability to state your own opinion and be able to stand by that too, right? So, okay. Uh, Two points left. She will learn to deal with disappointment.
1: Yeah, I'm a great loser. (laughs) I have lost way more than I have ever won. And it doesn't it disappoint me. at Certain losses disappoint me, but it doesn't disappoint me as much as it once did when I was a young whippersnapper. But remember when coaches used to be like, just go out and have fun. Like, I never I never understood that. Like, this was – it was never a fun game. But now I'm in, like – I'm starting to, like, come to that age where I'm like, girls, just have a great time. Just have fun. Like, don't be disappointed. You did great. So, yeah, things you're, have changed.
0: You're getting wise.
1: Yeah, sure. Or just like slowing down, so now I'm like my only goal is fun. Like
0: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right? Last point, she will realize she is unstoppable.
2: Um, I guess from that aspect Like rugby pushes you physically and mentally and emotionally in certain games and situations. Um, And no matter what, the game goes on. And at the end of it, you walk off the field still functioning as a human being. So (laughs) pretty unstoppable.
0: That's fair. Okay. There's a couple of things I thought of as we were talking throughout here. Um, Do you think that Rugby Canada looks differently at the Maritimes than they do? Ontario or BC or some of the other bigger provinces?
1: I can only speak because I've never been part of the New Brunswick Rugby Union as someone who would deal with Rugby Canada. So I can only speak on what I assume. And in terms of money being made, the Maritimes is a a small fish. However, Nova Scotia just won province of the year from Rugby Canada and probably because of all their work, their uh work last year for bringing rugby back and reinstating it and showing how safe it is so I assume they look differently at us because we're not bringing in the dough however the Nova Scotia has made quite quite a lot of waves with what's going on or what went on last year with uh taking out rugby because of fear of concussions I guess
0: right okay the other is uh it's a hot topic i guess uh, especially for us who run rookie rugby programs um or just you know play rugby in general what's the deal with insurance nowadays
1: (laughs) i got it okay (laughs) running a club so when i became the head of this club board director whatever i had no idea that it was all about insurance and money and booking fields. I thought it was much more fun than this. However, now I'm super passionate about insurance. Uh, so, for, I mean, it is the exact same thing as what happened in Nova Scotia. They pulled the insurance. They're concerned about um, injuries, especially concussions, and that's potentially going to trickle to us as well when it comes to rookie rugby. I don't know how to talk about this farce of an insurance that we were given for a few years. But luckily, actually, in St. John, we're one of the only places in the Maritimes, we get insurance through the fields, through the city, which is incredible. And not, other, not a lot of other cities do that. So we're actually in a great spot. However, insurance for women, uh, thinking more about those senior teams, Insurance for women is the same price as men, and our season is drastically shorter. And as we've talked about before, we're not even really sure how great this insurance is. And not only are women typically lower income, uh, we're paying the exact same amount and getting way less. So insurance is a really sticky point right now for us. And as a head of a club, I'm actually concerned it's going to go up.
0: Is it a rugby Canada thing or is it just insurance policymakers thing? Or do you know?
1: I, I don't think it's, we're not actually insured by like rugby Canada. It's not the insurance company. So I would assume insurance companies are seeing sport more and more as a liability. It's so recreational. It's an option. So why not, if you're going to play, let's make some money off of you. So I fear that that's going to continue to go up. Even with this COVID-19 right now, this will be something that insurance companies need to take into consideration when they have when they insure two teams from two different spots are going to play against one another. So it's the scope of it is like, is crazy.
0: Are you too worried about um are you too worried about the Irish program moving forward with COVID-19 right now?
1: So for the senior well I mean for the rookie rugby, we were supposed to have a uh, uh wonder girls start in on april 11th which is obviously not going to happen that was going to be a free program for girls to play rugby we also have our women in rugby sessions that we run every year free training for women to become better coaches uh, more certified coaches better athletes that's not going to happen right now either so it's completely stunted our growth and like we've said before that it's all about growing that community so right now we're losing a whole year of high school players yeah and they will most certainly not all of them will come back
0: yeah it'll be hard to it will be hard to retain them after the year off won't it yeah
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: gotta be a way to get into the schools uh, i know you too uh, katie i know you coach um there's gotta be a way to get more senior players not just women but men into into schools to help because there's a there's a ton of great rugby players in the province that could be even going in once a week to lend an expert hand uh and drum up some interest for sure oh uh, well, thanks thanks girls uh, is there anything else you two want to talk about
1: i i don't know well thanks for having us jamie
0: well we're not done we're not done
1: i i mean the most important bulk of the episode is finished and people should probably trail off are you not worried This last bit no, I think Chelsea can do a wonderful job at this quiz all by herself.
0: Are you got, are you, I, th- I think you two are going head-to-head on the five questions. Um, oh, God. Five questions deal with women's rugby.
2: Are we allowed to use the internet?
0: No. Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. There's okay. a limit on your questions. <laughs> all right. So turn, turn Google off. Eyes up here. I want your hands up because I don't want you to be cheating here now.
1: Have <laughs> you turned Google off? I don't know. <laughs> That's, that's also a theoretical question, Chelsea. It is.
0: All right. Question one: What Rugby World Cup did Canada finish second? Was it 2010, 2014, 2017, 1998? Are you are you are you working
2: together? 17. Head to head. That's my
0: guess. What year?
2: 2017,
0: I'm so sorry,
1: Women's Canada. I 2017, Katie? Uh, I, we're going to work together on this. So I I'm advise go you to
0: work against her right now.
1: No, we're, we're a team. We just talked right. about teamwork.
0: Answers 2014.
1: Oh, gosh. I have, These questions are going to be so tricky. I'm telling you.
0: No, you'll be all right. Canada- I'm all
1: about insurance now, Jamie, and <laughs> book and fields.
0: I don't know if there's an insurance question
1: educating young
2: people tell me the best drill to teach how to learn to throw for the first well time.
0: the young people need to know the history of the game too though right agreed canada hosted the 2006 rugby world cup and finished fourth what was the host city vancouver montreal toronto or edmonton timeout
2: toronto sorry t for toronto, oh, toronto. That-
0: katie you agree with her now is Edmonton, oh, huh. oh for two.
2: Right. Edmonton, keep them coming. Nope, Vancouver. I, know, I, su-
0: I surprised with Edmonton actually.
2: Let's go five for five. To be fair, I never played rugby in two thousand six. Fair enough. A unknown.
0: I'm of- I'm fine with you two getting the first two wrong, but these next three, I'll be a little disappointed if you get them wrong.
1: I'm a hundred percent gonna get them wrong. I have your disappointment ready. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Canada's sevens and fifteens teams are currently ranked same in the world standings we talked about this already where are they ranked 12th third ninth second
1: third i thought, I thought it was 2nd
0: we you're going third or second
1: i believe in our women it's second
0: oh chelsea you going against her
2: yeah i'm pretty sure i remember you saying we're ranked third in the world
0: we are Katie's still at zero then. Yeah,
1: number one in my heart, though. Number one in my heart.
0: (laughs) All right, two questions left. In 1994, the St. John Vikings began play. Oh. Off your website. Who of the following is not one of the founders? Not. Rob Oaklear, Shane Nesbitt, Stephen Goddard, Gary Woods.
1: Oh, my God. How am I supposed to know that? I wasn't even born. No, it's on your website. Going <laughs> with Shane Nesbit.
0: Going with Shane Nesbitt, Katie. I'm going
1: with Woods.
0: It was Stephen Goddard.
1: Ah, the only name we knew. <laughs> you know what? He wasn't kicking around, but you know he's so old that he could have been. So, uh, and and it, for for all the listeners out there, he he was our coach for a very long time, so we're allowed to call him old.
0: <laughs> all right. Last question.
1: You should cut
0: this part. Katie, you're zero for four. Chelsea, you're one for four. You're both looking like nervous teachers right now.
2: Am I one for four? So I'm
1: winning. Yeah, you're winning. Yeah, you're a winner a <laughs> loser battle. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> Again, off of your website, the Saint John Irish, or Vikings, or Canadians. Yes. Began in 1994. What year did women join the <laughs> play? It was in 1994, 1991, two. Sorry, 1994, 1999.
1: 2001
2: or 2004.
0: 2001. Chelsea. Uh. 1999 was that an option? It was. Yeah, I know that. It's wrong. Uh-huh. It was in, uh, 2001. So you guys both tied one for five. Katie, you're a math teacher, right? Yes, I am. What's your What's your percentage on this test?
1: What were there five questions? One One out of five. Twenty percent. Ooh.
0: 20%. beautiful Thanks girls really appreciate it and uh, stay safe stay healthy and we'll chat with you at another time. Thanks Jamie. Thanks. Thank you a massive thank you to Katie and Chelsea what a couple of what a couple of class acts know uh, their stuff maybe not their uh, trivia uh, especially regarding trivia the St. John Irish but maybe they can brush up and uh, do a little better next time but that was pretty fun. Uh, as I said, it took a little while to get them on, but we're very happy we did. And again, hopefully we'll get a chance to have them on later on. Uh, always have some good laughs uh, when I'm with these two and always swap some really good rugby stories. Uh, they're very interesting and very knowledgeable. And, and as you listen throughout the podcast, you probably realize they were very smart. They offered some great thoughts and ideas on the state of the women's game in New Brunswick and Canada. Uh, so hopefully if you're uh, somebody that can make change, you're paying attention. Uh, coming up soon, we have Brad Mayday May, a, a former NHLer who played rugby, and he's been excited to talk to us. And his podcast will be coming up relatively soon. Shortly after that, we'll be the uh, Chiefs of the uh, Super Rugby League. We have a roundtable discussion with Tyler Ardrin, Sam Kane, and Lachlan Bozier. So that's going to be an in, that was an interesting conversation as well. And then uh, being interviewed this week is uh, is Magalie Harvey. Uh, And she's going to offer us her insight and uh, give us a little story and background from her as well. So from there, I really like to say, as always, a massive, massive thank you to the essential workers, all the support staff, the volunteers, all of those who are working during the pandemic. Uh, to keep, you know, society kind of going, whether you're at the grocery store, the convenience store, you know, giving, getting my, my uh, Tim's tea or the liquor store, all those essential places. But in all, in all heartfeltness and seriousness, thank you very much to those who are continuing to put their lives on the line to make sure everybody else uh, can be as somewhat as normal as possible. I'd like to say thanks again to the Ben Sound Music for who supply our tunes for us. And as always, feel free to request topics for future podcasts. And as always, this is Jamie. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, and keep on rocking.